As people, we love to veg out on the couch and watch a little TV. And that's still true after you lose your sight. So we're going to talk about the most accessible way to watch TV. And that's coming up today on episode number two of Life After Sight Loss Radio. everyone and welcome to Life After Sight Loss Radio, the podcast helping you discover life after sight loss. My name is Derek Daniel. I'm your host and resident VIP, aka visually impaired person. Hey, if you're new to the program, welcome aboard. So glad that you're here. And if you're returning, well, welcome back. We're glad you're here as well. Hey, on today's program, like I said, we're going to talk about the most accessible way to watch TV. It's going to be a great discussion. I love television. Hopefully you do too. Even if you lost your sight, television's still awesome. And uh, we're going to jump into it. Hey, before we do, I just want to let you know that you can find the show notes to this episode, which include links, images, uh, pros and cons, all kinds of great stuff. All you got to do is go over to lifeaftersightloss.com slash 002. That's lifeaftersightloss.com slash 002. And that'll give you the show notes to this episode, which includes everything I'm going to talk about today. Hey, thank you again for joining me today. I hope that uh, you are having a great week. I hope that life is treating you well and kindly. And even if it's not, I hope that today will give you just a little bit of encouragement, a little bit of hope, a little bit of huh to help you have a great rest of the week. So uh, yeah, thanks for joining me. And let's jump into things. Like I said, everybody loves to watch television. I mean, okay, maybe not everybody, but most everybody has a big 60-inch TV in their house, and, you know, they just love television. And there's nothing wrong with that. I love TV. I have the 60-inch TV in my house. I love it. It's great. And, you know... Television has changed since it really first came around, and that's kind of a duh, like, duh, it's changed, of course. But here's the thing. It's changed even in the last decade, I think. So how do we, as visually impaired people, as people that have lost our sight, go from just sitting on the couch and watching TV normally, well, how do we go from that to having an accessible experience watching TV? television because I think most of the time we assume that well TV watching's out now and I can't do anything about it well that's not true we do have accessible ways to watch television and movies for that matter today we're just going to focus on TV and our home theater experience if you will so I've got a few things to go over today there's a lot of information but as I said you can find all the links and images and everything else in the show notes lifeaftersightloss.com slash zero zero two now, first, we got to talk about what are our options in watching television. How do we how do we get the TV? Well, there's a few options. First of all, you can do the cable satellite route. You know, you can do Dish or Direct or Time Warner or Comcast, something like that. And that involves you know people coming in, putting in equipment, running wires, you know that whole sort of thing, losing remotes. You know, you know how it works. Cable and satellite. It's been sort of the standard for many many years, and it is what people normally do or normally think about when they think about watching. Watching TV. They think about a satellite or a cable connection. The next sort of thing is like uh, streaming services. Nowadays, we have things like Netflix and Hulu and things like that, which give us on-demand programming. No more do you have to wait for that next episode in a TV show. No, you can go straight on and binge a whole series, a whole season 
in a weekend. Now, especially with things like Netflix original series, when they release a season, it comes out with 13 episodes or whatever, and you can binge the whole season over the weekend. And that's exactly what I've been doing. Uh, I recently watched uh, a few different Netflix original series, and there's just some great stuff out there, and you can binge the whole weekend. So it's fantastic. Streaming services on demand. You want to watch it now. You want to watch it at midnight. Boom. You got it. No waiting. No hassle. It's awesome. And the third sort of option we have is kind of a mix of both. Uh, Here lately and within the last few years, we started getting web-based or internet-based live television streaming. So now there are services like Sling TV, PlayStation View. uh, There is a recent one called Direct Now, I think. And that, of course, is DirecTV. And these are cheaper alternatives to cable and satellite, but still give you live TV channels. Not as many as a cable and satellite uh, provider, but still give you live channels. Channels like Lifetime, ESPN, um, HGTV, things like that. They're going to give you live channels. Some of them have local channels, but not all of them. And so that just really depends on the service. But that's the three big options. Now, I'm sure there's a variety of mixture in there and you're probably thinking well I do this or I do that but that's sort of the three big ones the cable and satellite companies then you have the straight streaming services and then you have the live web-based TV channels and I think Hulu is going to jump into that here soon Uh, YouTube has talked about jumping into that so who really knows what's going to happen in the next couple of years with live uh, web-based TV channels but that's our three big options now, what are pros and cons of these three options? If you go over to the show notes at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 002, I've got a table with some tabs there that show the pros and cons of each one of those things. So I'm not going to list them out specifically, but suffice it to say that the cable and satellite companies, you know, they've been around forever. They're established. They're large companies. They know what they're doing. They're Everything's pretty straightforward. Um, and so that's a really good thing. You know, that, that's kind of what you, you can get, like uh, football packages and sports packages. You can get pay-per-view, all that sort of thing. And even now, they're starting to release some on-demand stuff. The hard part is it's really expensive for the most part. I mean, you you can spend upwards of $100 a month uh, or more, depending on what you want as far as your packages go, and it can get really expensive. Um, And a lot of times, it's not very... accessible as far as like the interface and the guide and stuff. We'll talk more about that here in just a minute. Plus, you've got very confusing remotes that you have to use. I mean, these things have like 75 buttons and they're they're in weird patterns and things like that. Now, you can learn the remote, but it can get confusing. Uh, My parents actually have DirecTV and their remote is even more confusing because one button does like four options and I don't know how you you work those options like is it a long press is it a short tap is it, i don't know it's very confusing so <laughs> they're really confusing remotes which we had dish for a while and i'll talk more about that here in a minute but it did have a confusing remote i only used about five of the buttons just because i didn't know what everything else did plus not to mention they're really close together so it's like am i hitting four buttons at a time i don't know it's confusing well then you go to the streaming services and That takes away all that stuff. It just does not compare. And the nice thing about streaming is you can get it on every device, computer, phones, and tablets, and you can get things like an Apple TV or Roku, even your PlayStation or Xbox will run these apps because they're at base, Netflix, Hulu, uh, things like that. You know, you can go on everything, and that's a really great feature. Plus... 
it can be really accessible, and we'll talk more about that here in just a minute as well, uh, because of accessibility features. Uh, it is a lot cheaper. I mean, Netflix is 10 bucks a month. I think Hulu is 10 12 bucks a month. Considerably cheaper. Um, now, obviously, you're not getting live channels with a streaming service like Netflix. You're not going to get live, you know, sporting events, things like that. You're not going to get packages uh, like sports and so forth. You're getting a very limited idea of television, but what you get, I think, is phenomenal television. Then you have the web-based live TV. So what are the pros and cons of that? Well, it's kind of a mixture of both. You're going to get your live channels, but not near as many as a cable and satellite company would give you, obviously. Uh, you can get some sports and packages and things like that, not the like, you know, Big Ten package or NFL package or something like that. You're not going to get that on a uh, live uh, web-based live TV uh, service. So it's going to give you some of the pros of, you know, a cable satellite company, but it's also going to give you the pros of a streaming service where you're going to get an app that you can run on your phone, tablet, computer, uh, Apple TV, Roku, things like that. It's going to run from that and it's going to give you on-demand stuff that you would watch on a live television show, but it's going to be on-demand on your app. And so it's also going to give you the cons of both um, in some regard. Now, it is much cheaper than cable and satellite companies, obviously, uh, but it's not going to give you live local channels all the time. Local channels come in some markets. I know I have currently have PlayStation View, and it does not have local channels in my market. Some bigger markets it does, but not in mine. It gives you the on-demand of those channels for, like, you know, um, late-night television, primetime television. You're going to get some of those uh, shows, but you're not going to get them live, and you're not going to get, like, local news and stuff like that. But it is much cheaper. You don't have that confusing remote and that sort of thing. And the apps are pretty accessible, depending on your accessibility features. So, again, you can check out the table there with the tabs and the pros and cons over at lifeaftersightloss.com slash zero zero two. Now, what about accessibility for things like the interface and the guide? Because here's the thing about watching TV now. It's not simply that you're just scrolling through channels. I mean, we do that, sure. But you go to the guide because now, instead of pooping out a... Pooping? Mm. Because now, instead of pulling out a TV guide, you know, the little magazine thing, you have the guide right in front of you. And so you scroll and scroll and scroll, especially if cable or satellite with 200 channels of 150 of which you're not watching. But you know, scroll and scroll and scroll. Well, the problem is when you are visually impaired, you can't see that guide. You have no idea what's coming on in 24 hours like everybody else does. The only cable company I know, at least at this point, at the time of this recording, that has anything like that is Comcast or Xfinity. And they have this Xfinity One thing or whatever. And they seem to have that screen reading software sort of built into that system. Now, it's not perfect, I don't think, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Now, the problem with Comcast and Xfinity, it's really expensive. I mean, you know, not twice as much as Dish, but considerably more. I was paying about $90 for Dish when I had it, and I think Xfinity would have been about 150 uh, after, you know, I, I went through the base package or whatever. And so I've never used Xfinity because I'm like, not paying that much. You know, I guess accessibility is not really worth it that much, I guess. I don't know. Maybe it's worth it, worth it to you. You know, you'll pay the 150 bucks. But for me, I was like, nah, I don't think so. Because I'd rather go a different route. I'd rather go Netflix and things like that. Now, the thing about, like, live 
television channels that are web-based, PlayStation View, Sling, um, DirectNow, I think as well, they are app-based. So if you are running your app on an accessible device like an iPhone, iPad, Apple TV, something like that, you're going to have accessible guides for the most part because of your built-in accessibility features. Now, I can't promise that on a Roku or a PlayStation or an Xbox or something, but especially Apple products, which if you listen to the podcast long enough, you'll figure out that I'm an Apple fanboy, apparently. But because of that, those things are accessible, the guides, the interfaces, and so forth. So the streaming services are going to give you more accessibility for interfaces and guides than the cable and satellite companies will for the most part. Now, one of the big things about watching television in an accessible way is something called audio description. Now, if you don't know what audio description is, you need to know if you're a VIP. It is basically where a voice will tell you what's happening on screen in between the dialogue. This has changed the way I watch television and movies. In fact, uh, I have a video on my YouTube channel where I talk about uh, audio description, and there is a theater in my area that has audio description consistently and there's a theater in my area that doesn't i always go to the one that does have it because if there's a movie i want to see i want to watch it with audio description so i can laugh when the audience laughs and know what they're laughing at and i can enjoy the movie much more than i normally would without the audio description it is like a game changer watching movies and television. And there's a lot of TV shows that have it. I think local channels are required for programming purposes to have so many hours per week or per month. But again, I think it depends on your market and who streams your channel and who pushes it out and that sort of thing. So it really just depends. But when it comes to streaming services like Netflix and Hulu and other places, they will have programming where audio description is built into that, especially Netflix and their Netflix original series. Uh, all the original series I've watched have had audio description on them, and it just makes a world of difference when you do that. And so anytime you're watching something, try to figure out if it has audio description. If you have a cable or satellite company, a lot of times the channel will have alternate uh, let's say audio feeds, if you will. Sometimes it's different languages, Spanish and so forth, but sometimes those feeds will send out audio description. Check with your cable or satellite company to see if they offer that. A lot of times it'll be on their website, so you can check that out. Uh, live television, web-based live TV, I think is the loser here because at least for me in PlayStation View, I haven't found a way to get audio description through that. I'm still working on it, and maybe they'll push it out, and maybe it's just a feature I haven't figured out. It's on there. I just don't know yet, but I'm working on it. Sling TV, Direct Now, I'm not sure if they have it. If you know, I would love to hear from you. You can drop me an email, Derek at LifeAfterSightLoss.com. That's D-E-R-E-K at LifeAfterSightLoss.com. Let me know if you have Sling TV or Direct Now or something. Let me know if, if it has uh, audio description somewhere for these channels. All right, so now we come to the part where I give you my sort of opinion or take on what the best setup is for television watching in the most accessible way. So here's a couple of things I think you need. Number one, an Apple TV fourth generation. Yes, it's an Apple product. Everybody calm down. But look, Apple has the best accessibility features. I, you just, I can't argue. I'm sure Android's come a long way. I'm sure that things like Roku, maybe, I don't know. But the point is, right now, at this moment, in 2017, Apple has the best accessibility features, bar 
none. And if you want to disprove me, if you want to say I'm wrong, I'd love to be wrong. Drop me a line, Derek, at lifeaftersightloss.com. But the point is, Apple TV, fourth generation. It has a voiceover, which works so well and so great. Plus, it's got that wonderful Siri remote if you want to say, like, hey, find funny movies or whatever. Plus, you can dictate with the remote. So if you want to search for something in YouTube, you can just dictate and say, you know, how it should have ended. Which, by the way, those are great videos. You should find that on YouTube. How it should have ended. And it'll dictate for you. Apple TV, fourth generation. A little pricey, a little more pricey than other things, but that's the way it is with Apple. I found one at a local place called Disc Replay, and it was cheaper, and it's worked well for us. It's a great product. Apple TV, fourth generation. Secondly, I would highly suggest you get Netflix. Netflix seems to be taking accessibility seriously, at least from my vantage point. One, their apps are very accessible. VoiceOver works super well with them, and they always seem to be improving it little by little. Every once in a while, they release uh, a new version of the app, and it'll say randomly, VoiceOver improvements. And I'm like, thank you, Netflix, for taking this seriously. Good job. So their apps are accessible. All their original series have audio description, except at one point, Daredevil didn't and a lot of people were mad because he's blind and it should have audio description, but that's a whole nother argument. But their original series have audio description and it's just been great and it's top notch. So I highly recommend Netflix. You know, there's not always something to watch necessarily. It's not like, oh, but in the sense that, I mean, okay, let me rephrase this. There's always something to watch. You can always find something, but it's not like it's always going to have the latest Oscar winning movie. However, it is starting to get a lot of new Disney movies on there and it's getting a lot of great stuff. Plus their original series is worth the 10 bucks a month. I mean, Netflix puts out great stuff. So get it, Netflix. It's awesome. And third, I'd recommend you try a web-based live TV channel kind of thing. PlayStation View is what I have currently. It's working well for us, uh, but there's also Sling TV. There's also Direct Now, I think is what it's called. The nice thing about PlayStation View is that if you have cable or satellite, you'll know what this is, but basically you can use your credentials, your email address, and your password, and you can download all the channel apps onto your Apple TV. So if you have HGTV app, if you have the Food Network app, if you have TLC app, if you have the Discovery Channel app, all these apps go on your Apple TV, and then you can use your credentials to sign into those apps. I mean, Disney XD, Disney Channel, Disney Junior, all these apps are on there so that you don't necessarily have to even go to the PlayStation View app, although their app is good and getting better, hopefully. But you can go to these other things and, you know, build up sort of a watch pattern there and so that's really helpful now sling tv i'm not sure is there yet or maybe direct now is because they're at&t but it's just a great feature so i'd recommend that if you want to go that route because it's considerably cheaper than cable or satellite and it's going to give you probably the the good parts of what cable and satellite would be so that is my recommendation on the best setup for accessible television watching. What about you? Do you have uh, a way that you watch television? Do you have, um, you know, an Apple TV, a Roku? Do you have some of the smart TV? What do you have and how do you watch television? I want to hear about it and I'm sure everybody else would love to hear about it as well. You can do that in a couple of ways. Let me know at the show notes. You can leave a comment there, lifeaftersightloss.com slash zero zero two. You can also hit me up on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, you can send me an email, all that good stuff. Hey, but regardless, you can just go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash contact and let me know how you watch television and how you do it in the most accessible way possible. 
Hey, I want to leave you today and every episode, hopefully, with something I'm calling the Real Life Retweet. Now, the reason I'm calling that is because I like alliteration, but (laughs) it's basically where I share a quote or a tweet that's inspiring, funny, um, heartfelt, or, you know, whatever, emotion-provoking, something of that nature. And I've shared this quote before over on my YouTube channel, but... Oh, by the way, you can find that at lifeaftersightloss.com slash YouTube. But a great quote, and I can't remember the author. I think it's Aline Debatten or Elaine Debatten. I think he's Swedish. Anyway, I'll put the quote in the show notes. Uh, but the quote says this, quote, Discovery consists not of seeking new lands, but of seeing with new eyes. Again, discovery consists not of seeking new lands, but of seeing with with new eyes. And that's exactly what we're doing here. We're trying to see things with new eyes, both sort of physically and emotionally and mentally and spiritually and all that other good stuff. So see things with new eyes and uh, let's do that together. Thank you so much again for listening today. Gosh, I hope it was encouraging. I hope you had a good time. I hope you learned some stuff about television watching. And if anything, I hope it's got your mind cranking to know that there are accessible ways to do things even if it's a very visual medium like television watching. Hey, don't forget, you can find the show notes for this episode, which includes links, images, all the stuff I talked about. Just go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash 002. That's lifeaftersightloss.com slash 002. And if you want to get in touch with me and share your thoughts and questions, just go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash contact. And I'd be happy to hear from you. I'd be excited to hear from you. Woo, we're going to have a good time. Hey, thanks again for listening, guys. My name is Derek Daniel. I hope that you have enjoyed your time here, and I look forward to seeing you next time on Life After Sight Loss Radio.